This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. And we've got a fun episode, as always. I mean, every episode is fun. Um, <laughs> but um, these types of episodes are always fun when we get to talk about championships and, you know, competing at the highest level. And um, we'll uh, talk about that in this week's episode where we've got a lot of new Trey Boys basketball talk. Um, they went down to Champaign this past weekend um, and uh, did a lot of history, took third place. Um, so a lot of cool stuff there. So we'll talk about that in the first quarter. We're going to do our usual four quarter format. Um, and we'll hit on some hockey as well as we are heading into the state championships for hockey as well. So, um, we'll do all that in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we're joined by Nutria Boys basketball coach, Scott Fricky. Um, he joined Joe after a couple of big games on Friday. Uh, in the third quarter, we're going to play way or no way, a weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we do a little preview um, of the hockey state championships as well as some uh, miscellaneous stuff as well, whatever um, pops into our head and really depends on how much we honestly uh, gab on in the first quarter and the second mm-hmm. quarter. So uh, we'll see uh, how this podcast goes, but uh, just a quick reminder before we say uh, get, get uh, things rolling here is uh, that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere they're available. Make sure you uh, give us a nice little subscribe, give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate all the help uh, and insight and uh, um, everyone who's really been supportive of the podcast. Appreciate everyone who listens um, and uh, make sure you spread the word as well as uh, you are at those sporting events, especially now um, in the winter when, uh, th- or in the spring, I should say, still feels like winter. Um, when you uh, are out in the cold, maybe you want to listen to us and uh, we can warm you up a little bit with our great takes or uh, hot takes and that kind of stuff. But all right, let's get things started here. Let's go to the first quarter where we recap Nutria Boys basketball. They went down to Champaign and took part in the state finals. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of you know who have listened to the podcast and are listening to the podcast. Nutria finished third. They lost to Bennett uh, to open things up in the state semifinals. Um, and then uh, finished off the season with a historic uh, win, taking down, um, you know, finishing third and uh, fin- taking down Downers Grove North um, to earn that uh, championship there. But, um, Joe, let's get things started here with that semifinal matchup. Um, we kind of talked about this previewing this game where um, Bennett is just at a different level. Um, obviously maybe not a different level when you kind of saw what they're able to do against Moline. And that's a little, maybe a conversation we can have later on in this podcast, but, um, we knew Bennett was going to be a tough test for this new Trier team. And, um, that kind of proved to be the case where Bennett beat new Trier 65 to 49, uh, Friday afternoon, in the state semifinals at state farm center in Champaign. Um, Bennett used a 20 to four first half run to grab a 15 point lead. And, um, that just became, a little bit too much for Nutria to overcome. So, Joe, um, is plain and simple way to just get things started with you is to bring you in here. Is uh, is Bennett uh, as good as we kind of advertised and kind of as good as uh, everyone is saying all season? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of it has to do with just um, obviously, you know, talent on the floor and just the uh, their well-roundedness. You know, it's a total team. Um, it's you know, as, as Scott Fricky put it, co- Nutria coach before the finals, you know, they have every piece. And I thought that was a good way to put it because just there are a lot of, you know, the one thing that maybe Bennett doesn't have um, is significant height in the post. And Nutria may have taken advantage of that early, but Bennett was able to kind of shore that up. Um, and, uh, you know, Nutria got an advantage in that game. Um, not, not what you like to see, but um, one of, Bennett's stars, um, Brady Kunkka, um, hurt his ankle within the first, you know, quarter. Um, and he was out, um, he's out for the, for the rest of the championships, um, with that ankle. So, um, they brought in reserve Sam Driscoll who gets plenty of time, but he's a reserve and he was just on fire. So a bit of 
I mean, you can call it bad luck there or just, you know, maybe they weren't ready for him to come in early, whatever, but he, uh, he, he had an incredible game. He hit three, three pointers early, his first three shots. Uh, you know, um, it was, and that kind of was just epitomized that first half for Bennett, um, at least the, the, the latter part of the first half, like the, the final, the end of the first quarter. And then all of the second quarter, Bennett was just, um, on fire. They were six of nine from three. Um, Nutrier was ice cold from three. Once they started shooting him, you know, Nutrier only shot four threes, which is in the first half, which is really low for them. Bennett did a great job on defending the perimeter. They're, they're a great defensive team. Um, Nico Abusara had eight steals in the game. Now I think four or five of them came in late in the game when Nutrier was in desperation mode, but all game deflections picks. He was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, Bennett's that good. And, you know, that hole from, from Bennett's hot shooting, um, really hurt him. Um, we talked about that after the game, um, and, you know, what well, turning point, obviously they're hot shooting, but coach Freaky, you know, they, you know, he said his team's resilient and they proved that in the sectional and in their comeback wins. Um, so he was expecting kind of a comeback and, and, a, a, you know, t- to be a competitive game. But he he thought the real turning point was that end of third quarter buzzer beating three uh, by um, Braden um, uh, Fagbemi Fagbemi uh, I think you pronounce his name um, he hit just a a beautiful uh, off an inbound pass with one point five seconds left kind of turnaround square up three uh, with two guys in his face to push the lead back to eleven once Nutrier had kind of done really well that quarter to, to get it back to single digits. Um, he put it back to 11 and then that and I felt like that was a little too much. And so did Scott Fricky. So that was kind of a turning point, but it was, it was really early on a really good game and, and um, Bennett shooting, turn it around. What, um, how hard was it to defend that shooting? You know, you mentioned how much they were able to make and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, Nutria has seen, seen, uh, three-point shooting teams, but what was different about what Bennett was able to do to create those looks? I think you got to give a lot of credit to uh, their ball movement and just that what their point guard can do with his Fagbemi, um, what he can do and what um, um, Abusara can do just with their ball handling and distributing the ball and working it around and also their threats. So you got to collapse when they drive. You got to do a lot of things to you know contain them opens up the three-point line. And yes, Nutria has faced good shooting teams before and performed really well, but admittedly um, from the coaching and players, they just didn't guard the perimeter as well as they normally do. Simple as that. Their closeouts weren't as um, quick. Uh, they weren't as uh, controlled. And that leads to open shots. And uh, Sam Driscoll, maybe he surprised them by coming off the bench that early and just quick trigger. Uh, he wasn't hesitating. Uh, so, you know, he was really impressive. Um, and, um, he hit his three, they hit six of nine. And I mean, you expect, you know, a team that goes, that's, that's a good shooting team to shoot, you know, maybe they shoot 50% in the half, but you know, six of nine is a different story. That's really impressive. Do we end up seeing what we kind of thought might happen where, you know, Nutria finished three of 14 from beyond the arc. Was it just a cold scoring shooting day for them? Was it, um, something Bennett was doing defensively, or was it a lot of you know three pointers that kind of you kind of take at the end of the game to you know try to make this a game? I mean, what was it about New Cheers three point shooting that um, you know it just didn't work in the semifinal? Well, they weren't shooting um, in the first half, so you, those fourteen shots, I think ten of them were in the second half. I bet seven of them, I'd have to look at that sheet, were in the fourth quarter. So the four that they shot in the first half were just, you know, they're a three-point shooting team, so they're going to get a few up, but they they weren't really open. Um, Bennett was doing a great job uh, um, guarding the three-point line. Um, and Nutria early was scoring inside. So while Bennett was guarding the perimeter well, they were able to get inside uh, with Jake, with Tyler, with, um, you know, a lot of people were able to get inside and score. Uh, Jake was really good early um, at doing that. I think uh, that uh, they were up. 16 to 15 mostly with I think they had 10 points in the paint at that point so they were able to get looks inside and then that slowly faded and the three-point shot never came along um which is tough to see you know maybe they could have gone 
made a switch early to, or a commitment earlier on to, okay, they, now that they've shored up the paint, let's get back to the perimeter and start firing away. I, I mean, I don't know. You, you kind of, um, the, you play the game flow and maybe Bennett's just that was doing both really well at that point. Hard to tell. Um, I would have liked to see him get a, some more shots up in that second quarter, but Bennett really controlled all the action. All right. Obviously new cheer lost this game. So they advanced to the third place game that same day later on in the night. Um, and they, uh, faced off a Downers Grove North team and, um, new cheer handled that game pretty easily. I feel like those games are always kind of interesting where, you know, you go from the emotions of being in the state semifinals, you're playing in a game um, where you're like, I could be playing in the state championship. And then um, a few hours later, you're kind of asked to, you know, play in a third place game, which is important. But at the same time, for a lot of the players, it's kind of like, well, you know, we didn't finish the way we wanted to. We could have won a state championship. But um, I don't know if that really played a role in this game, Joe, but Nutria won 53 to 34 um, to win uh, their uh, to finish third place in class 4A. Uh, first time in uh, program history. Nutrier ended the season with the most uh, wins in the season. Um, so uh, obviously not the way, obviously they didn't win a state championship, Joe, but to, you know, make history, earn that third place finish, um, that is definitely nothing to look down upon, especially with what this Nutrier team was able to accomplish. No, not at all. Um, you know, it's actually something to aspire to. It was really um, an incredible season and that, like you're right that third place game is, is just funky that's how I was putting it it's you know you, you're not going to play your exact normal style even if you you game plan correctly you know the players understand that there really is in that situation nothing to lose you know they they're not in the game that they uh, really hope they'd be in um, so now it's just you know maybe a little looser maybe a little more open this game surely was that um early on it was it, it it was shades of the an nba all-star game this year which was that was terrible this was better basketball than that but um just three pointer three pointer like they were trying to match each other and it was crazy it was uh you know nutrier started off with one and then uh downers grove which is an incredible three-point shooting team um tried to match um and they didn't so i think you know nutrier made their early three pointers downers grove didn't and Nutria rebounded that well. So I think that separation created was really the ball game. You know, once they created that separation, Nutria protected it, played really good defense for a third place game, um, had very high levels of energy, I thought, for a third place game. And, um, you know, I think they sh ended up shooting around 50% from three, maybe 45, and they shot a ton. And that was a big difference for them. Jake didn't even shoot that well from three, but Colby Smith and Ian Brown, um, shot well. Tyler Van Gorp rolled one in the six foot ten for for three. That was beautiful. Um, but yeah, like like you say, you know, third place finish. Coming back in that game um, for awful loss, both teams. You know, it's really uh, who can who can get that energy up, who can make some shots um, and execute early. And I think Nutria did that and just kind of coasted um, and held on to it for the whole game. So it was. Uh, it was nice, and um, only two teams in each class, as everyone likes to say, end on a win. Nutria is one of them, um, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Nutria had a 23-point lead at the half. Um, the biggest lead they had was 31 points in the third quarter. It just seemed like maybe, you know, like you said earlier, I mean, Nutria was just hitting its shots and um, playing, playing maybe more freely than they were um, earlier in the day, and just, you know, you kind of go in for it, and you just make shots, and uh, you kind of feel for it. And that kind of seems like that was kind of the atmosphere with this game, Joe. It was. And I think if it was reversed and Downers Grove North was uber hot early and somehow Nutrier got down by double digits or even 20, I, I can't tell you that Nutrier would have, would have found it in them to come back. That's really difficult in a third place game to find all that grit and, you know, stuff inside you from a season long, um, from a long season to come back in a third place game. I, I don't, I don't know. So I, I, I don't, you know, whatever they won by, I don't know if the margin between those two teams is that big. It's not um, just kind of the, the nature of the game and the nature of the hot shooting of Nutria on the day. And and yeah, the, and you give credit to Nutria for coming back, but Downers Grove North, I mean, what they did this year, my goodness, um, especially that run, you called them the team of destiny last, last week. I think they felt like that with wins over, um, Kenwood, 
Hinsdale Central, who had a 22-game winning streak. I think, did they beat Curie, too? Somebody else. They just had an incredible season. So um, kudos to them um, for making it down, picking up a fourth race trophy. But um, what Nutrier did this whole season and ending on a win, third-place trophy, bringing it home, they were really happy um, with that finish. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot to be proud of. So, I mean, let's talk about what this team was able to accomplish this season and what they were able to do during the really – a really crazy three-year run for Nutrier where um, Nutrier posted a 76-11 and 11 record in that span, 33-5 and five in this past season, 30-4 and four last season, and 13-2 and two in the COVID-19 shortened season. Um, obviously, Nutrier broke uh, program records for wins each of the last two seasons. Um, so a lot of a lot of good stuff happening with this Nutrier team, and I feel like a lot of it um, – I don't know if it came out of nowhere, but I feel like you kind of saw Nutrier for um, maybe a little bit before the pandemic where they had some good teams. They were obviously good, but I don't think they reached this sort of level of play. And you really saw that transformation during the COVID-19 pandemic where a lot of the kids that came in during that time, um, you know, were great. And um, you kind of wonder what would have happened in that COVID-19 shortened season where um, no playoffs or anything like that. But um, I mean, this program really took a turn after the pandemic and um it'll be really interesting to see whether they're able to continue that um you know after losing um a good amount of players but like i said earlier I mean, they lost a lot of good amount of players from a team last year that we thought had a potential to win a state championship more than this season's team yeah <clears throat> you know i wrote in that story um at the end of that donners grove north game jake feegan had a steal and kind of an emphatic um one-handed jam and he came out right after because they were up by so much. And it really felt like that was the exclamation point of this era of basketball, which I called the Jake Feagan era because it was three years and that there was three years of varsity, three years, all conference years. But of course it, it, you can attribute it to so much more. Jackson Monroe is an all state player who, who was two years starter on those teams. Uh, Josh Kirkpatrick um, shooting guard on those teams. Um, Tyler Van Gorp, the Canelos brothers, a point guard, um, have have gotten playing time for two years. So um, that this era from from the pandemic year to now, that winning percentage of, you know, they just didn't lose games. You know, they didn't lose many games they should have won. It was just they took care of business. If they lost, it was a really highly contested game. Um, they played really tough opponents, a tough schedule through this period. And they, you know, 76 games in three seasons is is incredible. Um, and I'm not saying the era is over, but certainly Fegan's moving on and some of those other guys that we talked about. Um, and, it, you know, it's a passing of the torch. And now this this team's going to have to or the next iteration of this team's going to have to fill big shoes. And uh, they certainly have that opportunity. But it really felt like that was OK. Third place trophy. This is a, a great um, punctuation um, to what this represented it's really really special um like you said breaking the program record for for wins two straight years sectional title third place trophy um the last year's team and, and how unbelievable they were as ranked in the top five like all season long um really a special era of basketball and i think they really charmed the community and got the community involved and behind them you know we saw some some watch parties back in um Will Matt and Winneka for, you know, watching this team at state, you know, this is a high school basketball game and there were, you know, it filled a, a restaurant or two. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty great. So um, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. I think it only is, you know, success breeds success. And I think this was a huge error for basketball, not only for this current team, but the future as well. I asked this question last week in way or no way, Joe, and I feel like we, we're kind of curious to see whether that changes um, based on what happened this weekend. But is this team now the best team in program history? Or do you still think that last year's team was better? I, I'm going to give it to this team because the, the proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, they picked up a third place trophy at the best finish in 50 years. And when that happened in the seventies, it wasn't just, I think Nutria East, I think it was, um, you know, so a combined Nutrier hasn't finished that highly since I think like the twenties. Um, so I think you got to give it to them for just the results. Now, if you were to tell me, okay, I'm putting this five versus this five in a, in a hypothetical matchup, um, 
who are you betting on or whatever. I, I I'm gonna have a tougher time just because the matchups and everything. Um, but if we go down the best team in, in new trier history, or at least certainly that I've seen, um, but it, it's hard to argue with an 87% winning percentage against that schedule with a third place trophy. I think this is it. What, um, obviously we always like to jump ahead and look forward because that's what, what we like to do, but what, what is next for this team? I mean, last year when we were having this conversation, we were talking about how, I don't know if they can compete at the same level losing a lot of great talent um and you're doing that again this year so i mean what um a way to early look into next season i mean without even knowing what players come in and who is who at this point but what is the level that this new chair team can kind of continue competing at with what they're losing this season very high i, I think they have um a lot left in in the cupboard first off they have two starters coming back in logan feller and um, off guard colby smith um, you know, it's, it remains to be seen where they switch up, but there's two, there's a wing and a ball handler shooter. Um, both can handle the ball. Um, that puts you in a really good place. And plus the experience they just gained this year, Colby Smith was there, you know, depending on the day, you know, everybody was a second option depending here or there behind Fegan, but you know, some days he was third, sometimes he was fourth, depending on the scheme. I mean, I think he's going to move up, and I think you're going to see some special things from him in the offseason, too. He's He is that good as a sophomore, and so he's got big development. So kind of look for him. Logan Feller, Ian Brown came off the bench. Look for him to slide in the starting lineup. Um, Big-time shooter, uh, but I think he's going to grow his game as well. Big, strong kid at 6'7", I think he is, or 6'6". Um, and I think there's a lot of names we don't know. Their younger levels have a lot of success. Um, they really do. And they got a lot of guys who are working through the um, AAU system up there, uh, whether with full package or hoops for health or whoever um, that are very good. And, you know, if they're not going to play at the upper levels, they're not going to bring them up. Of course, you know, you want those kids to get time. So is that going to happen moving forward? I think it might. Some guys are going to pop up that, that we've never heard of. I know they had, I'm not even going to mention them because I don't know how much they're going to play into it, but I know they had a freshman and a sophomore kind of come up for the playoff run. Um, so I think they're going to probably figure into it. And I think uh, it's going to be a similar situation where you're going to see them drop down because you lose Fegan, you lose another couple of starters in Canelos and uh, an all-conference kid and, and Van Gorp, um, as well as some reserves um, that, that played a big role seniors. But, I mean, look out. I mean, I think this team's going to be really good. And, again, uh, a competitor for the conference trophy, if not – the leader for it. Where does uh, this conference kind of go now? Obviously it seems like GBS and Nutria have kind of joined Evanston and, you know, being the elite in that conference and obviously GBN isn't going away anywhere. So I, I feel like the, the, this division might be one of the best in the state where you have a lot of high talent, you know, playing against each other now uh, at least twice a year. And then obviously battling out in the sectional. Yeah, I'm interested to see GBN's not going anywhere. That was a good way to put it. Um, you know, assuming Josh Fribben comes back off an ACL injury and, and returns to his kind of dominant self, um, they've got other pieces too that are just going to hang out there and they're going to be really good. I don't think Evanston's going anywhere. They'll just reload. I'm curious about GBS. Um, you know, they lose two really impactful two-year starters in Gavin Marr and uh, RJ Davis. Um two collegiate level type basketball players after losing the two stars from last year. Uh, so I just wonder where they go um, from here. And again, that's a, that's a, other programs. I don't know about their lower levels or some of the younger guys. So I'm curious to see what they bring to it, but they've developed a really good program. So I still think we're looking at um, next year, probably GBN and uh, new Trier um, being the class of the league and, but a competitive league still. All right, Joe, and to wrap things up with basketball, what was that uh, atmosphere like, you know, at State Farm Center? I saw a lot of photos of uh, uh, of a filled arena. I know that was maybe more for the championships on Saturday and that kind of stuff. But what was that atmosphere like, just, you know, kind of going down to Champaign and competing in that environment where it, I, I saw that, you know, you had student sections down on the floor and that kind of stuff. Just what was that atmosphere like? It was awesome, um, you know, especially for that that semifinal game. Um, the Nutria student section was wild and it was big. 
I'd say they I kind of outnumbered Bennett, although Bennett had a great student section too. That kind of gives you an idea of, of how great they showed up for their teams. Um, and it was loud. Unfortunately, we didn't have like a fantastic finish where it got really loud. Um, but for other games, it certainly did. Um, so, you know, the the Metamora game right before um, the Nutria game was was pretty wild and great um, basketball. It was great to see all those teams down there, watch Moline, watch Bennett, watch Downers Grove North, um, Metamora, Simeon, uh, fun, fun basketball, great environment. And there's a lot of hand wringing and I wouldn't say a lot um, critiques over that, you know, nighttime third place. And I do think that's way too late. I mean, the, the four, a third place game, Nutriers didn't end till 11 o'clock. I mean, that's crazy. That's really late. Um, so I think there's ways to tweak it, but it's hard to argue with a four, a, a championship Saturday, four championship games, back to back to back to back. That's pretty cool. I don't know if you can squeeze in a couple third place games there. I haven't, I meant to give it like, to write it down and kind of give it some thought on how we could rearrange it um, for the spot. I didn't have time. Sorry. Um, I think there are some tweaks we can make it better, but they're working on it. I think they're always thinking about what to do. Just, you know, the crowds were light for third place games. I don't know if you can change that, um, you know, and, uh, but the crowds for the three, a and the four, a championship games, of course, they were a little less for two, a one, a smaller schools, pretty wild. Um, and it was a great atmosphere. So I think overall the ITSA does a pretty darn good job and they're just working on fine tuning it. Yeah. With the format, I think, I think the championship Saturday is great. I think it's kind of like <laughs> football and whatever, where you just constantly have championship games and that makes for a really cool environment. And, um, I, I, I understand why some coaches would complain and be like, well, you know, why do we have to play two games and these games start so late and whatever, but it's also like, you also get like the third and fourth place teams you know, you get them out after, you know, they don't have to stay in Champaign for another day. And you kind of, I know for the 1A and 2A, they play on Thursday. So uh, the winning teams probably go home and then have to come back on Saturday to play those games. But um, I, I feel like the schedule is probably the best for what it can be. Maybe you can get a couple champion, maybe you can get a couple uh, third place games in there, like you said. But um, I think for the most part, the schedule is probably as good as you can get it. Um, especially that Saturday where you're getting championships. And um, obviously for you and me, obviously I'm sure we're both really happy to have it back in Champaign just with that environment. Mm -hmm. But it seems like everybody's also really excited about being back in Champaign. Champaign cares about that state tournament and um, obviously does a really good job, did a good job with football. Now that it lost, it has done a great job with um, wrestling uh, for, a, you know, whenever it took over, but um, it feels right to have, you know, the championships back in Champaign. I feel like then community really gets into it and a lot of people have fun you know playing in the state farm center um for an opportunity to win a state title it just seems like the crowds are much livelier um than they were when they were back in uh where was that peoria or was that uh, uh bloomington normal uh <clears throat> i can't even remember this it's swish right yeah so yeah you're right it's cool um, I like champagne having it for um, you know definitely biased reasons but you know I enjoy going down there I do wish we could figure out a way to make it a two-day experience for all the kids. I just don't know. There's too many classes and too many kids, so I don't I don't know if that's completely possible. Yeah. All right, well, congrats to Nutria on a great season. Obviously, a lot to look forward to moving forward, but um, a lot of great stuff happening this past season, so congrats to them. And uh, just a quick reminder that you can see all the photos, videos, and everything else you need to know um, about it uh, at therecordnorthshore.org. Make sure you're looking there and you're subscribing. Um, to get all the great content Joe put together from his weekend in Champaign. All right, we also have uh, some hockey uh, state championship matchups. Joe, uh, with our area teams, Nutria Green took down Stevenson 4-2 last Wednesday, so um, a week-old uh, result by now, but still something that we want to update the folks on. And Loyola Gold lost to York 2 to nothing. so um, Nutria Green will take on York on Sunday. Uh, for the state title uh, Sunday afternoon at the United Center. Um, Joe Nutria Green getting back to the state championship, not really a surprise based on what we know about this team and just how deep and talented um, they are this season. No, pretty cool. They're taking care of business. Um, Top-seeded team just, just, you know, taking care of their opponent or discarding their opponents one by one on the way to the title game. I think they're the favorites against York, but York's no joke. I think they're the two-seed, right? So, um, 
This is a, a one verse two should be pretty good hockey on Sunday night. New cheer green has done this all year. Um, they've been really dominant in, in the Illinois landscape. I think now they're 30 and two or 29 or, or whatever. They're very good. So um, setting up a great matchup for at the UC. All right. And uh, congrats to Loyola gold, obviously in that game to the state championship, but uh, another great season, making it to the state semifinals, losing to a, a tough York team that um, has done really well so far in these playoffs. And obviously this season earning the number three seed. Um, so we'll look forward to uh, that matchup there um, for Nutria Green and York. And obviously we'll talk about the girls state championship matchup as well all in the fourth quarter, but let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined again by coach Scott Fricky from Nutria. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Coach after uh, an emotional weekend and obviously a great weekend for the program. Just what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we start. We talk about um, how Nutria was able to to um, pull off a third place win. You know what what it's like to kind of come off a loss and do that. Um, we talked about uh, what this senior class means, especially uh, um, three three time All Conference player and All State guy Jake Fegan. Um, and just uh, what the future holds for these guys. Let's take a listen. Uh, third place. You know, these games in any sport, third place games can be a little funky. What did you guys want to do coming out here? We said that we want to end the season the way that the season has gone for us. We don't want to end losing two games in a row. And we said we need to bring energy and effort to this game and enthusiasm. And boy, did they ever. I mean... These guys could have easily said, my legs are tired, my, you know, whatever it is. They didn't. They were flying up and down the floor. We didn't alter anything we did. We pressured a little bit. We ran up and down. Um, it's a tribute to these, to these guys. This team is incredible. Tough kids. It seemed a lot more open for you guys, yeah. looser. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were, they were letting the, their shots fly, getting them off, having yeah. fun. Did yeah. it feel like that? They were having fun? It, well, you have fun when they go in, don't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, you know, we've, we just faced the number one team in the state four hours ago, yeah. you know, and then they have to back it up playing a team that went through the toughest route out of anybody to get here, beat Whitney Young, beat Kenwood, beat Hinsdale Central, who had 22 wins in a row. I mean, they went through the gauntlet, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just great to, to see how that ended up. Uh, we'll call it the, the Fegan area the last three years. You guys have won 87%, like a lot of games yeah. in the past two years. Besides talent, what's been key to that? Did you send our toughness. Let's walk. You know, we made a, a big commitment. Hey, thank you. We made a big commitment to get stronger, to get quicker, to get faster. Uh, and these guys were incredible in the weight room. Every weightlifting coach, everybody that I was associated with said, these guys are working their tails off. No one outworks these guys. And that was, you know, that was it. And I would say about seven years ago, high school basketball changed where the, the most talented teams weren't winning as much as the tough teams. So, huh. you know, it's been, a, it's been a conscious effort to be the toughest team on the floor. And that happens a lot in the off season. You know, to, to work out, lift weights, and, you know, play at a certain standard every time you get on the floor. Yeah. That's what these guys do. Give me something on, on Jake and just what he's meant. I mean, I know you said it a lot of times, but this was his last game, so. I mean, one of the best players in new tour history. One of the hardest workers in new tour history. And one of the toughest kids in new tour history. That's a great combination. When your best player is your hardest worker, a great leader, you're going to have success. And uh, I told him when he came out of the game, like, what are we going to do without you? You know, and, uh, you know I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to following him in his college career, but it's going to be weird without him because yeah. he's, you know, been starting for three years. Guys like Colby and and uh, Logan play similar positions, yeah. even Ian. Yeah. Uh, do you think they, they pull off? You know, some of the things Fegan taught them. Like I, I talk about that with this team all the time. I go, you have an incredible role model that does things that you could never imagine, you know, uh, your best player doing. And I go, you gotta, you got to see what he does and learn from it and do it. And, and those guys, the next step that they have to take, is that what Jake does? You know, like he's got, they got to get those 50-50 balls. They got to be able to guard bigger guys. They got to be able to move their feet. 
Jake's quickness increased so much in the last two years, it's incredible because he worked his tail off. Yeah. Thank you, as always, Scott, for joining us, and thank you for joining us all season long uh, for uh, the great run that Nutrier had this season. Uh, great insight all along with all the players also joining us sometimes this, uh, this basketball season. So uh, congrats again, and thanks again, as always, for the great insight each and every week. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we're going to um, start talk about uh, the spring season uh, that started on Monday. Uh, the weather has not been great so far, but uh, today we're recording this on the Wednesday. It's supposed to be a high of 50 before um, it starts raining and getting cold again Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So at least we get one day of good spring weather in before uh, moving forward. But that's just the spring season here in the state of Illinois, especially in March. But uh, let's get things started here. I throw up five propositions. Joe and I argue or agree upon whether they can happen way or no way they cannot happen and we're going to start off with Nutrier girls soccer, Joe, where last year Nutrier um, didn't have the season that they're used to last year. Um, a lot of youth and experience from last year's team. So way or no way you think that this Nutrier girls soccer team uh, will, re will regroup this season <laughs> with a run uh, to the state finals? Ooh. Um, you know, that sounds dramatic on its face but you're not wrong I mean Nutria had a run of, of how many state finals in a row I think was it like seven I hope I'm not yeah, um, yeah. It, was, it was a lot it was a lot and last year's team while it didn't have as good of a regular season it kind of uh out outperformed its seating in the postseason which you can kind of expect from a Nutria team that's maybe um you know they played a tough schedule and they didn't get as many wins but then they they fought back and they picked up a regional title I think that was they've never I remember this. They never, they've never lost a regional title since regionals were uh, created, um, which is crazy. This is a crazy stat. It's nuts. Um, so there's that, which is more than 20 years. Um, and I think they're bringing back a lot and a lot of um, college-bound soccer players now. Um, <clears throat> I always, you know, at this point in the season for soccer especially, but really all sports, I hesitate to kind of name every player that's coming back. Cause you never know soccer. A lot of teams, sometimes they'll lose maybe a sophomore or a junior because they're going to play club only. And, you know, soccer is kind of um, different in that way where uh, more players than other sports choose to play only club instead of high school. So, um, but they do, they are ready to have a lot of players back um, and they could really, I don't know about a state finals run that, it feels like they're kind of rebuilding to that. I don't know if it's this year. I, I got to wait to see them and kind of do the preview. We're not there yet, but uh, man, I want them to get there and they've proven that they can. It's a good first question, Mike. I, I'm just rambling now because I don't know an answer. I'll say no way. Um, and hopefully they can use that as motivation. I'll say way just for the, I, I'm going to let history be on my side at this point. I feel like this <laughs> team is really good. They're already, I think Chicago and soccer had them like ranked number five in their preseason rankings. So um, obviously, Nutria has a lot of talent and a lot of great stuff. So I'll go with the way I, I think that they can have it. And um, I think that a lot of for them, like, it's crazy that they didn't get as far as they were used to. And they probably use it as motivation for this upcoming season. So um, I'm going to go with the way there. And just I, I think that they have a deep postseason run. Um, maybe it ends in a super sectional. I don't know. Um, but I do think it will be a deep run for Nutria uh, girls soccer this season. Uh, Loyola girls soccer made it to the sectional final last season. Joe, way or no way you think that the Ramblers uh, can get back to that uh, level of play? Yeah, the Ramblers under kind of their new um, new-ish coaching regime have really uh, flourished. I think they've really proven a lot and they've uh, done a lot in big games and, and the postseason. Um, but again, something I didn't mention with Nutrier, but this uh, area is just so good at soccer. It's not like Evanston's going anywhere or, um, you know, depending on which team's better this season, the, the GBs, uh, Glenbrook North, Glenbrook South always bring it. Um, and you know, who knows who else is intersectional, whether it's OPRF or somebody else, um, who, who, who's really good this year. So, um, it's tough to kind of separate yourself, um, from that crowd. Um, but I, I you know, uh, Loyola's got another good team this year. They lost um, some stars for sure, um, some seniors from last year, but um, I think they're going to be right up there, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I'm going to go with the way. I think that they continue to build that momentum. Um, I know that I'm sure they lost a couple players here and there, but 
Um, I do think that they have a lot of talent with this season's team. So um, I'm going to go with the way there. I think uh, um, I think that they're just very experienced from last season's team on their run to the sectional final. And I think that they can uh, continue at the level this upcoming season. All right, Loyola baseball had uh, a deep run in last uh, season's uh, playoffs. Way or no way that the Ramblers baseball team can uh, build off of last year's success and advance further in the playoffs. I really like this uh, this Loyola Ramblers team the past couple of years and and what they did last year under uh, Coach. Um, I'm totally gonna miss his name now, but what they did last year um, was great. You know, but a lot of that. A good portion of that was Roger Simon, and um, he graduated, but he was just a real stud for them, not only um, on the mound, in center field, and at the dish. So he was real special. Um, they graduated some guys, but I do think they're building a program here that that wants to be and that's going to be competitive in the Catholic League, and that takes a lot um, because the Catholic League, yeah. as we talked about, and in most sports, but definitely baseball is is something special. So. Um, I, I think they're on the way up and I don't think they take too big of a step back if at all. Um, so I, I'm expecting some big things from them. So I'll say wait. I'll go with the way as well. I think that they have a lot of talent. I think it'll be really interesting to see what this, uh, Ramblers team is able to do in the CCL. Like you mentioned losing Simon, but, um, I, I think that that always plays a big role, um, in things. And, um, I think baseball obviously has a lot of good talent in the area as well. So, um, I'll go with the way I think that they can keep up with that run um, and kind of build off of it moving forward, even though they do lose a major player um, in Simon. Our right, Nutria Baseball um, didn't finish as far as they would have liked last season, Joe. Way or no way you think they can rebound this season with a deeper run in the postseason? Way, big way. They have to. Um, really a disappointing year for them, and um, they just didn't win close ball games, which in baseball, as you know, um, Sometimes that builds on itself, um, you know, in close ball games, you can't win one, you can't win any. Um, and that kind of seemed to be the thing. They kept snowballing and, and their hiccups compounded and um, they finished, I think, under 500. I don't know if it was the first time in their history. I think it was the first time in Mike Napoleon's crazy, successful Hall of Fame career as a coach um, for a team of his to finish under 500. Um, so, yeah, I think they rebound. They've got a lot of guys back. Um, they've got some stars back, Brennan Stressler, who's going to slew, I think. And so is Maestros. I'm all assuming these, again, as I said for Zach, I'm all assuming these guys are back this year playing, um, Henry Wolf behind the, behind the plate. Um, they got, uh, better. I think they'll have better pitching this year. Um, they got, uh, Justin Wood, um, who's now going to be a junior. He, he kind of was brought up in the middle of the season, Kerry Wood's son, a lot of development there. He's getting some talk. Um, I think they'll get... I think they got the makings of a nice run and a nice team this year, but baseball, you got to put it all together and it's got to fit right. Yeah. I think this is probably the easiest uh, question to answer this in this week's episode. I think it's definitely a way. Um, obviously I know with baseball, things are fluky. One game plays a big role and that kind of stuff in the big, and I feel like this is the biggest factor in all the game, in all the sports where um, a baseball playoff maybe doesn't always crown the best champion because, you know, fluke games happen all that kind of stuff. But I do think that this new team has the talent that will um, come back and rebound from last season's finish. So that's a, that's an easy way for me. I'm definitely going to go with that. Um, the cap things off. We're going to go to softball with Loyola. Um, Loyola softball had a crazy fun run last season uh, heading, uh, you know, in the postseason. way or no way you think they can keep up with last season's success. Man, I don't know. You know, last season's success was really anchored by Mackenzie Berry, who was terrific on both sides. Um, she was an ace, and she pitched even better in the postseason than she did in the regular season, and she was uh, their leading star hitter. So um, with her at Northern Illinois, um, they got big shoes to fill on the mound and in the middle of that lineup. But last year's team, Barry was surrounded by youth. So it's a kind of a youth movement outside of Barry. So the biggest thing for Loyola softball is what strides are they making in the off season until now? And, you know, are, are they ready to go? And did they, did they get themselves um, an ace or, or two pitchers that, that can at least partially fill Mackenzie Berry's shoes, which, um, you know, are big. So I, I don't know if they make a run. I think did Loyola make to the sectional super sectional or sectional final? 
Uh, let me look it up real quick. I think it was a sec weren't wasn't both Loyola teams playing in the super section or was a sectional final? Let's take a look. I, it was on the same day at the exact same time. I remember yeah, Loyola that. lost to Warren two to one in the sectional final. Sectional final, two to one. Great ball game. Um, and I, so I think Loyola is going to be good, and I think they're uh, committed to kind of, you know reestablishing after maybe a, you know a couple of years that were um, not their best um but being a consistent force so i just don't know if they can make it that far that's a really big ask so i guess i'll go no way hesitantly yeah i think this team will have a lot of talent this year but i do agree with you i think i'd go with no way where i think it's just to the point of you lose barry you lose a major player like that and i feel like that's tough to overcome um obviously this team picked up a lot of victories last season, gained a lot of experience, but um, I, I think I'll go with no way. Um, that doesn't, I think they can win a regional championship and that kind of stuff, but I just think it might be a tall task to ask them to kind of repeat that kind of fun story that they had last season um, without their ace. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with no way here. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview state hockey and whatever else we want to talk to. Um, let's start things off, Joe, with uh, the boys game. Uh, Nutrier Green taking on York. Um, Nutrier Green has just looked dominant all season long, um, and it hasn't really stopped in the playoffs. Nutrier Green has beat Stevenson 4-2 in their semifinal matchup. They beat Carmel 5-2 in their quarterfinal matchup. Um, they beat Hinsdale Central 8-2 in their second-round matchup, and then they beat Niles Notre Dame um, in their first-round uh, matchup 5-0. Uh, so, um Obviously, Nutrier can score it, and they can uh, do a pretty good job defensively. So it'll be a really interesting to see thing to see um, whether they can stop York, who has averaged you know two, five, three, five um, goals per game as well. So um, that'll be really interesting to see whether that Nutrier defense is able to stop that York offense. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, I just got to say, you know, Green's just been been such a force this year. You know in 23 and two in the regular season. And obviously they haven't lost here in the, in the uh, Blackhawk cup. Um, I think they've taken a loss or two in the kind of scholastic cup when they, which they do series, I think best of three, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's Nutria greens to lose here, um, but York has taken care of business. It's hard to um, discard what they've done throughout the season. You know, they had more losses, um, and Nutria has beaten them in the regular season as well. So um, we'll see. Uh, but I do like Green, and I, you know, they kind of got this three forward, uh, three stars at the forward position that were all all state senior all staters, um, including Tyler Smith and um, Douthit, and uh, I'm missing one, but they had three three all state seniors who were all forwards. So they're very good on the offensive end as well, and uh, I think they can outscore anybody if it comes to that yeah i mean neutral green has just looked dominant all season i mean they their losses have come to an overtime loss to uh barrington four to five an overtime loss to gbn two to three um a three nothing loss to gbs a four one loss to um loyola gold and that's it and obviously when obviously for the folks that are for our diehards here um they know we love to say that uh uh, the hockey season is probably the grueling, most grueling season of the year because it just takes forever to happen. And obviously you're going to have a couple of losses here and there. So, I mean, four losses, but I mean, 23, two and two, 48 points. Um, that is just an impressive rate. And I just think Nutria Green is going to keep up with that matchup uh, or keep up with that pace, I should say. Um, and Nutria Green is, you know, three and no against York. They beat York three to two, three to one and five to three. So, um, good experience going on. I don't know if you want to say four times the charm for York, but um, I wouldn't think so based on what we've been able to see from this green team this season. Yeah. And I, we talk about how long the hockey season is. This is kind of the culmination of, of what um, October or maybe even, you know, at least practice starts before then. I just, so the, the 20, the, the record we've been saying it, I think is just in league play. I think overall they have about 50 wins. And, right. 60 games played, which is just bananas. All right. So obviously we'll have you covered there. Nutria Green playing um, at uh, the United Center, playing against York on Sunday at 3 30. Uh, the Nutria, nope, I'm wrong. The Loyola girls uh, team will be playing Barrington 
on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Um, against uh, at the United Center as well. Um, Barrington has just looked dominant this entire season and has looked dominant this entire playoffs. They uh, beat uh, the D86 Metro team 12-2 in their first matchup. They beat New Trier 6-1 in their semifinal matchup. Um, so just a, a really impressive show from this Barrington team that uh, might be a tall task for this uh, Loyola team to kind of overcome. Yeah, nice run for Loyola here um, to get to the state finals. Um, they're motivated, but motivation gets you so far. I think they'll really have to play at a super high level here um, to compete with Barrington. Barrington's a force. Uh, you, you just mentioned that they've taken care of business here in the postseason. They, they did it all season, and then the postseason they they've risen, um, kind of surplanted that. It's pretty impressive. So um, going to be a tall task at the UC, but, um, you know, you like to call it puck luck. Um, I guess anything can happen. It's just Barrington will put a ton of shots on the box. So, Yeah, I think that definitely will play a factor as well. But I do think just Barrington, with what they've been able to accomplish, obviously will do great. But um, it should be a fun experience, you know, playing at the United Center. It's great to see that it's back at the United Center after a little bit of a hiatus the last couple of years with COVID. But um, great to have this experience for the kids. Um, playing for the ultimate championship uh, in a really cool venue. Um, so that'll be fun to see this upcoming weekend. Joe, any other storylines you want to hit on before we say goodbye? I know obviously we uh, had a long first quarter here. So uh, if you have uh, anything else, let me know what you want to hit on um, as we wrap things up here. No, just I, I want to say thank you to Nutria Basketball, that community. It was obviously a long run and we covered it extensively. So for the access, for their time, um, they were very gracious with it. So I appreciate that both for myself and um, photographer you, we use often, Rob Lang. Um, so thank you for that. And I'm, I'm excited, to, you know, after a little bit of a break, um, which we have local elections. So check out the record for local election stuff starting Monday. Um, but to get into spring sports and, um, you know, we didn't talk about boys water polo and girls water polo, both state trophy winners last year for Nutrier. Um, so I'm excited to see if uh, the boys can repeat as champs, state champs. And uh, we got a lot going on um, starting in late March. So tune in. Yeah, it's a fun time right now. Obviously, I hope the weather uh, picks up. Obviously, these months are always hard with rainouts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm kind of nervous after having a mild winter what the spring is going to look like. But uh, hopefully it isn't as bad. But the spring season is always fun and always chaotic because there are a million sports going on at the same time. So you're trying to keep up with all the different stuff uh, going yeah. on. But Thanks as always for listening. Like Joe said, thanks as always to uh, everyone who, uh, you know, is listening and reading and uh, watching and all that kind of stuff. Always appreciate everybody's uh, support. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. Give us a nice little review. We always appreciate uh, the help and support. Um, make sure you check out my stuff at Friday Night Drive. And uh, as Joe mentioned, obviously there's other things going on than sports in the world. I know that might seem shocking, but uh, there are other important stuff going on in the world, so make sure you check it out through recordshore.org. Either uh, make sure you donate or make sure you subscribe and make sure you're checking out his work there as well. Um, it is more than just a sports website, so uh, check out all the other stuff he's putting together there at therecordnorthshore.org. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.